This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 22nd, episode 2958. Dude, we're getting close to 3,000. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I think we both should move. Yes. I I know what you're going to say, and I agree totally. <laughs> we should move to Lexington, Kentucky. I should move back, and you should move back. We both lived there before. We could share this place and probably not even get on each other's nerves. Because Adina Springs has come up for sale again in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, to give everybody an idea, that is one of the largest breeding farms in the world. It's a magical, magical place. 2,300 acres, um, 20 barns. They had, it was built, uh, Frank Stronick bought it in uh, about 2005 and he built the entire thing. So um, he built it all, became operating in 2007 as a, as a breeding facility. It has, get some of these numbers, you're going to love this, 3.32 miles of road frontage. You know how you buy a house in a neighborhood and they say, oh, you have 100 yards of road frontage. <laughs> this is 3.2 miles. Seven breeding barns, 250 stalls, a quarantine barn, hay barns, 24-unit employee compound. So farm boy would have a place to live. Uh, multiple executive homes. We could each have one. Five entrances and 20 miles of blacktop paved roads on the farm. Oh, God. <laughs> and, Do you and- remember... We went there, Glenn. Do you remember yes, that? Yes. Okay. So that's where Mucho Macho Man is. Ghost <laughs> yeah. Zapper is there. Like we're talking horses, like the top of the top. This place is ridiculous. I mean, it's amazing. Now we did talk about this when it had originally gone for sale. However, it's discounted now. Yeah, see, it's they, like it's free, Glenn. They took it off the market. They put it on the market for only a couple months back in 2017 for 80 million. And then they took it off the market, and now it's back on the market for $55 million. So Ooh, it is a bargain. On sale! I love a sale! <laughs> so who's buying this? Another shake? I, do, I mean, who's buying it? I think $55 million, We could We could make this work. <laughs> we could make it work. It has 80 miles of four-board fencing. Oh, my God. And everything is double fenced, too. So, yeah, like, exactly. you have plenty of trot, trotting lanes, you know? You don't have, you have to have to go out every once in a while with board fencing and check for nails so they don't get caught. How long would that take you? You got a guy. <laughs> you have 10 guys. I got a guy. <laughs> That's why they have a place for 24 employees. Oh, my God. Multiple homes. We would all be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't even have to see each other, really. I mean, that place is so big. And and one of the unique things about that place is it's out in Paris, which is a little bit outside of Lexington, and it's very hilly there. Uh, you know what? I'm out. Mm, I'm yeah. out. You could do there's hill work, no, though. There's no covered arena. I'm out. <laughs> You're right. Well, you the breeding shed is so big, you could probably use that as a covered <laughs> arena. <laughs> Well, there you go, everybody. If you're interested, uh, just look it up. You'll find the realtors. They'll be happy to sell it to you for $55 million. On today's show, we have our Spotlight Rider back. Our 12-year-old eventer, Kira, is back with us, and she's going to give us an update on her show season with Flower and Micah. So we're going to talk to her. Also, our Daily Dose Health segment is Dr. Julie Bullock. She's going to talk about uh, how you how you can tell when your horse is in heat stress and what to do about it, because I just saw the weather forecast for today in the south we're going to be almost 100 but where you used to live georgia and the carolinas are going to get up to 105 real temperature today Yikes. so um plus we have some weird news and of course we're going to hear jamie's side of the movement you heard everybody else's opinion on it on monday's show but uh, we'll hear what jamie had to say about it today that's all coming up and now it's time for some daily winnies
We have one birthday today, an auditor birthday, Cassidy Meyer. So happy birthday to Cassidy. And also, I want to give a thank you to Nellie and Debbie, because I couldn't make it to California because stupid COVID. And I have been talking about eating Abel Skeevers for how long? About You've been six very months. excited. <laughs> yes. Well, I couldn't eat any Abel Skeevers. So um, they sent me a big box. And I thought, ooh, they sent me some Abel Skeevers. Well, in a way, they did. This is even better. They sent me the actual – there's a special cooker for them that you have to cook them in because, I, I don't know, the heat has to be right or whatever. A big bag of the mix, some of the the jelly stuff you put on top, and a cookbook. So I can now make them. Yay. <laughs> so thank you to them for doing that. It was very nice of them to do that. We, I really uh, appreciate it. They're just the nicest people in the world. Yeah, well, it, it was a surprise. And she she asked for my address, and I was like, oh, they're just going to send me some Evil Skewers. This is even better because I can just keep, make them anytime I want them. Nobody's going to ship across the country some sort of no. weird fried bread. No, I don't think it's covered in you got to eat them pretty much mush. right when they're done. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, that was very uh, that was a very pleasant surprise. Thank you so much. Well, I kind of have a long list of people to give daily winnies to. Let's start with the present um, because I'm doing this show right now. My husband is heading down to meet the vet. Yeah, that's right. Now, we did all the repro stuff last time, so he doesn't have to witness that. But he's going to be there while we're giving some injections and also checking, looking at warts. So (laughs) my husband is meeting the vet right now. He's like, bye, as as we're getting started. Uh, Second thing is, oh, my gosh, I had so much fun meeting all the listeners. Oh, my gosh. So cool. It was so cool. Like. I know that there's a there's a thing that happens when you are meeting a uh, podcast host and you recognize what I see it with Glenn all the time. People go, oh, my God, I recognize your voice. Like, it's so good to finally you put a face with the the voice. And I know that happens. But in the reverse side of it. It's so cool to put a face with the people that you message and interact with. And it was just so fun to meet so many of the listeners. We did a we did a picture, Glenn. Yeah, of, I didn't see the picture. I have it. I can't find it. Somebody took it. There was like four cameras taking this picture. So if anybody has this picture, it's yeah, a is picture. It your of, picture? A group picture of Monty and me. And I said, anybody who found out about this from the horse radio network and listens to the network. Come up and take a picture. Over three fourths of everybody got up in this picture. Well, I gotta see the picture. We gotta post. I know I can't find it. It's a mystery. So if anybody has it, let us know because we will use that as our header in the auditor room. That's what I said. So if anybody has that picture, please, I I would like to have it. Um, That's number two. Number three is oh my gosh. Uh, my friend Larissa came with me and it was so cute because people are like, oh, my God, you're famous. And she's like, why? What? What do you Does she know about? you talk about her on the show? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not really at all. But she's like, the, the first person walks up. And she's like, oh, my God, you're famous. And Larissa goes, for what? but she like hung out and worked and and now let me give you a a picture of um my friend larissa okay she's very very smart like she is a um a scientist and also a compounding pharmacist she is she is like all of these things she has massive like degrees from school she's just super smart and uh People were like, are you going to get certified too? And like, she's like, mm, I kind of have this other job. So anyway, I have this very intelligent, awesome chick walking around like, can you get this horse? I need the girth. Can you bring this in? Like, you know, like, I she's playing groom really for crazy. the weekend. <laughs> she was, and she did so good. And, and uh, so I wanted to give her a little heads up. Thank you too. And then my final one is like you mentioned, Nellie, Debbie, Pat, Monty, they're such great hosts. The young guy that I played the interview on Monday. That was a great interview, by the way. Oh my gosh. He's a he's, neat guy. Yeah. He's like mini, he's mini farm boy. He's jockey sized farm boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so sweet. Like, oh my gosh, he was just great. And he rode for me and did some things. And I, I was just really, really pleased how how cool. You know, it's just so nice to meet somebody in their 20s, a young kid who is awesome, you know, because 
you meet a lot of young kids who aren't awesome. Uh, so it was nice to meet a young kid who's awesome. So he's Vincennes. He's if, you, if you missed really that interview, listen back to Monday's show because we did. Uh, we also had three or four listeners that were there that talked about being there and stuff. So that was a it was a fun show to put together. I didn't get to talk to Jennifer much because she came back really sick. She's a bad cold. She tested negative for COVID, and apparently Templeton and Sam came back with the same cold because they all live in the same house. But uh, so she has she really can't talk at all. She, she has no voice. So I haven't had a chance to talk to her. But the one thing she did say about Vincent, she said, wow, I was impressed with his writing. <laughs> so Ty is so cool. <laughs> that is the yeah, one thing she did say. He, he's really neat. Well, we, we had such a good time. And, and, and you know, they asked me to come. We're going to do the private lessons on Sunday, but I have to do stuff on Friday and Saturday. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, we're working that out. Because it all depends on the horses and what horses they have in and stuff. And so it's it's Thursday night. I arrive and Monty and I are sitting in, down with Debbie. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Monty's like, yeah, what are we going to do? I was like, you don't know? And he's like, no, you know? No. So we have Debbie, can we sit down? What are we doing tomorrow? And so it ended up, the first thing I did was a demo, like restarting an off-the-track thoroughbred. And it was a mare that has been off the track for a week and a half. And I was explaining to everybody, I'm like, you know, have a plan. Don't fall in love with it. Typically, when they come off the trailer, I give them a little time. But then I do a join up and then we start the next day. And you start that much farther ahead because they're like, oh, okay, cool. You speak my language. I haven't done anything with this horse. So I'm like... I go, people up above watching, uh, this could this could be a join up or this could be we get attacked up. We long line out we run it. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? And so I get started, get to work and, you know, and nothing like having an entire crowd of people and Monty and Pat. And Debbie and uh, everybody watching you. And it's like, one thing when there are people – you've done this before with people that you don't know and don't know you really. This – three-quarters of this audience knows you intimately. <laughs> so Yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely weird. So I actually – the demo, I get the mare. We get a great join up. I tack her up. I long line her and I'm like, all right. I've, I mean – like they can't go better than it did. Like this mare was awesome. And I was like, I'm going to need a, I think we can ride her. And Monty Lily's like, are you going to ride her? Well, of course I ride them at home, but I was like, we have people. <laughs> I was like, bring in Z German. <laughs> so Vincent comes in and the, the difference is at my house, I have a mounting block that I use to do my first rides and I lean over it. I do all sorts of things, but they don't have one here. It's you leg them up. Mm. And I was like, I am not going to get like somebody thrown over <laughs> yeah. the back of this horse and be like a disaster. So I ended up legging up. Besides, you up were and- just hurt recently. We don't need another one. Exactly. Yeah. And so actually, we're really well. We got walks and troth on her. Like, I was like, this is like three days at my house. This mare is so nice. Like, so great. She did great. Then we did some gentling pin. Monty and I did like some wild, wild horses, which, oh my God, I'm still talking about one of them to Chad. I really liked him. Uh, Chad's like, that's a really cool horse. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah, Jennifer liked the uh, Mustang time. Yeah, yeah she, the gentling pen. Yeah, is really she cool. liked that. Yeah, she mentioned that. Good. We did two segments of that. So, like, the group was split so they could come and watch. And uh, then, let's see, I did um, a long lining demo. And I'm supposed to long line in the covered arena. So I set up an obstacle course and I was like, I'm going to use Chrome, which is Monty's horse. Cause he's kind of spicy and a little spooky and like a little tough, but he's also, you know, can handle a crowd of people standing around staring at him. Wrong. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> like, I don't know why all these people are sitting watching me, but it ended up great. He went over. And then um, we got to see some of Ashley Avis's new movie, uh, which is what is called wild beauty. And it's a documentary she did on some wild horses. And uh, so we got to see about 10 minutes of that. So I had her come in and long line a Chrome and then out of nowhere, I, I have a, a second horse that is uh, to be long lined. And it was probably the most difficult long lining I've ever done ever. And it was in front of a crowd of people <laughs> And it was a mini. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw, was it the little white mini I saw a picture of? Yes, yes. So apparently Debbie and her husband bought this mini. And it's so cute because Debbie's husband, Tom, just takes it, takes it for walks like it's a dog, like walks it all around the farm and stuff. 
And they're like, it's driven before. Well, you and I know that driving horses yeah. are trained differently than long lining horses. And so I go to, I've got long lines on this mini, which by the way, I, I should have been on my knees. You know, you do it sitting <laughs> down. And so the long lines keep coming over the horse's back. And it, it's like the long lines are like dog leashes. I was like, this is, this is super weird. Um, and yeah, you'd so almost I, been better off with the harness. So you could have had uh, loops in the back. Is that what it does? Yeah. It keeps the lines See, down? Yeah, the, there's loops over the butt. Uh, so actually your lines would come through the front uh, saddle and then uh, through the loops in the butt. So it keeps them from doing that. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like long lighting and I'm like, go forward. And she backs right into me. I'm like, wait, that's not supposed to happen. And then I'm like, okay, well, turn. And she so, turns and does a full 360. And I was like, no, that wasn't You, know, you always either. have to have comedy in every show. This was the comedy. <laughs> I was definitely the comedy part for sure. Like, and so, I, you know, I was telling him like, telling Tom later, I was like, you know, in driving, they have a whip that they kind of brush along their back. And that's what encourages them forward. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I didn't have that because you're not going to bring a whip into a demo with a mini horse in Monty Roberts farm, you know, like I can't get, it won't go, it won't go, it won't turn, it won't listen, everything. So I was like, there was a kid in the crowd and I was like, Hey, come over here. And so I made her lead. I was like, we're going to teach this horse to long line our way. <laughs> and so she got on the head and we just walked and stopped and turned and went to the cones and did all sorts of stuff. So it ended up being beneficial to the horse, but it was definitely super embarrassing at first. Like, I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. I'm worthless. Yeah, but when you go to clinics and everything goes well, it's almost better that one doesn't, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more yeah. of a learning experience for them seeing you have to deal with this situation because not everything goes well all the time. Well, I was like, here I am. Like, how am I going to figure this out? Uh, now, I'm glad I wasn't there. You would have said, Glenn, could you come down and do oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> You'd have been my guy. You'd have been my guy many times. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting, really fun. You know, the Monty does a trailer loading demo. This is a horse that the day, a couple of days before that, the horse and, and it was Elizabeth who works there, who's amazing. Uh, she's an advanced student. She's She said, it took me an hour and a half to load the horse at the track. I can't, it doesn't load. It doesn't load. It doesn't load. Monty takes it out, walks it back and forth. Literally, the horse jumps in the trailer. <laughs> and of course, Elizabeth's like, uh, and I turned to her and go, it's because you taught it to. <laughs> you already fixed it. <laughs> like, he's just, you know, like you said, like it just everything always goes right watching him. It's it's frustrating for those of us who have things that don't go more right normal. <laughs> yes, more normal. Um, so it was it was really fun and and it was interesting to see that. But like I'm, I'm like, can I see one where it like is rearing and yeah, exactly. <laughs> running sideways and flips over and all that. Um, so we shall see how, how uh, things pan out. I'm just really glad everybody had it. It seems like everybody had a great yeah, time. I heard from uh, many of them that were there that are auditors and they, they all had a great time. And of course, you know, they, they were as excited about meeting Monty and you and, you know, everybody else, Helena and Jennifer and everybody. So, you know, everybody was excited about that too. I will tell you one more fail. Do you want to hear another fail? Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll love this. So I've got a, a demo, a lab, my private, the private lessons. And this lady's like, I have a horse that doesn't want to be caught. And so they had to fill out a form ahead of time. Like what is, so they assigned horses based on what the people wanted to work with. And flag is up, has a Mustang that is out in the field that doesn't want to be caught. And so they're like, assign that horse to this segment. Awesome. So I'm like, Larissa, go get, you know, that other horse over there and bring it over here. And then we'll do the, how to be caught. So she comes back like half an hour later. She's like, I can't catch it. <laughs> well, like, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, this probably should have been handled earlier, but like, okay, great. So I call Elizabeth, who's awesome. And I'm like, hey, we need help catching this horse. We get out there. We catch the horse, bring it over. And so what the demo is, is you have the horse in, say, a stall with the halter on it at first. You you yard it to where you get it to where you can catch it at least and halter it. And you put it in this thing and you're going to teach it to be caught by you go up, you get the horse out, you walk it to a little area where you're going to, say, groom them. And at the on the ground is a feed tub and there's just a tiny handful of grain, like sweet feed. 
And while you're brushing them, they're like, oh my gosh, look, they're sweet feet. And just a tiny bit. And then after about five, just a couple swipes of brushing, you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to put you back. And you put them back and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And and every time you come back, somebody has put another handful of grain in there. So it works. It works amazing. I, I mean, and then you go to bigger areas and you take the halter off in bigger areas. And then all of a sudden the horse is meeting you at the gate because they're like, she doesn't know that there's food there. You know, it's just awesome demo and it is such a great lesson to learn so we finally catch the mustang get it in the stall put the bucket out with a handful of sweet feed i still have the lead rope attached so i'm able to just pull it out and i walk it over to the tub of food where there's like a little tiny handful of sweet feed and that horse is like it is a mustang who has never had grain glenn (laughs) never The bucket is sitting next to like some (laughs) weeds that are growing out of the ground. And this Mustang's like, ah, those weeds are delicious. And like, will not touch the food at all. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to teach a horse to be caught that has never had the grain that it's supposed to be eating in order for it to want to be caught? (laughs) It's like, all right, I'm going to call an audible here. Uh, So this is what you would do <laughs> if the horse and they were like, well, what would you do with this horse? And I was like, I'd probably put it in a stall and have some grain in First the bucket. We teach it to eat grain. Like grain <laughs> and then do this exercise. More but molasses. Like, that's what you do. Completely <laughs> wild horse that has just been led around. Able skeevers. Bet yeah. you that horse would love those. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up taking it in and doing a join up and actually went really well. And she got a great join up. The horse came, everything. And then we put it back and somebody asked me later well, how the demo go. And I told them and I was like, but we ended up getting a good join up. They were like, what? A join up? That horse doesn't do join ups. It's too wild. And I was like, well, then we win. <laughs> so we did that. <laughs> we got something done. But I was, it was so funny. There's like a, a group of listeners that are watching me epically fail. Sorry. <laughs> it happens. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, but I didn't get have time to do a, I was going to do a mounting block demo with them and I never got to do that. But it was, it was a, a, a great day. Really fun to spend time with with all the the folks. So I do appreciate everybody for coming and uh, I'll probably be doing it again next year. Well, let's hope, uh, let's hope we can, I can be there next year and everybody can, uh, that wants to come can come. We'll have double the crowd that we did this year. Perfect. So, Hey, one thing before we get to our first guest is Marty, uh, who is our friend, the uh, lobbyist. Marty Irby. Yep. Posted this this morning that the U S house committee on energy and commerce is having a meeting today on the Prevent All Soaring uh, Tactics Act, which is the past act past to get act. rid of soaring. So they're meeting on that today. I, I asked him, well, okay, because he wrote it all out, and I didn't understand any of it. I said, what does that exactly mean in English? And he said, it's the next step in the process before the full committee and then the House for a floor vote. So basically, it's step two of four to pass the bills through the House, but it's actually getting worked on. So uh, that's a good sign. It hasn't been worked on in a while. So I, I think they're hoping, because, you know, Mitch McConnell, the Republican, was the one fighting this. They're hoping to get it to the floor and that they have enough Democratic votes to get it done. Uh, so who knows? Uh, it is being worked on, and at least it's not dead. So that that was good news for Marty this morning. And thank you, Marty, for explaining it to me, who doesn't understand all the legal talk you're talking <laughs> about. So our health segment today is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, a non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Today, I, I went back a little bit in the archive because it's supposed to be 105 in places today, real temperature. Um, and Karen Chatton on the endurance episode, those endurance riders know a little bit about hot horses, uh, talked to Dr. Bullock, and they talked about... About how to identify heat stress and then what to do when you identify it. So I'm going to replay that because I think it's important that we all hear that right now. It's yeah. hot here too. It's almost 100 here. So uh, it's, it's pretty hot everywhere right now. I know you guys are having it too. So let's uh, talk a little bit about heat stress and how to identify it. And then we're going to come back and Kira's going to join us uh, and uh, talk to us about what she's been up to with her pony flower. We have Dr. Julie Bullock back with us again, and she is an endurance rider and an endurance ride veterinarian. Uh, welcome back to the show, Julie. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Exactly. Okay, so let's maybe just have you tell us a little bit about 
if our horse is starting to experience heat stress, what are those signs that we need to look for? Definitely, you need to look for um, an increased heart rate. You know, failure to recover is a big sign. Um, increased respiration rate. And for some horses that don't normally pant, that are panting, um, taking their temperature. If they're over 103, they're, they're, they're definitely heat stressed. Okay. Some horses will, uh, several years ago, we had a really, really cool spring. We had no heat. Um, to speak of, and we had some horses come to the Old Dominion, and they were all from the upper northeast, from like Pennsylvania, and they had to do a really large climb, and it was really, really hot and humid, and I saw, I treated four horses that day that all cramped in their intercostal muscles in their ribcage just from panting because they had not, you know, utilized those muscle groups training because they hadn't you know, had that, that same kind of challenge. All right. So let's see. So, um, things to look for. Definitely, a horse is hot. A lot of times they won't eat. Um, say you've already passed, say you actually passed the vetting and you went over to your crewing area and your, your horse is just looking kind of miserable. Then you do need to recheck his heart rate, check his temperature, make sure that he didn't heat back up on you. And then, mm-hmm. he, you know, you want that, you don't want that uh, look in their eyes where, you know, if the flies are hanging on their face and they don't care, um, that's not a good sign. Um, you know, definitely all the hydration. I think that we should all be able to basically vet our own horses. We should be able to check our mucous membranes, see if they're dry, make sure our capillary refill is, is you know, two seconds, our jugular um, mm-hmm. gut sounds. Sometimes, a lot of times your gut sounds will go away when they're hot because the horse is going to circumvent blood flow to other areas. So it's going to, you know, it's going to take care of its brain. You know, it's going to take care of its, you know, other areas of its body, but it's going to prioritize them. And then eventually, once it starts getting a certain amount of, of um, heat, heat exhaustion or dehydration, then it has to start, you know, throwing things out of the boat. Like, okay, well, I, I, I don't have enough to go, you know, to my gut, so I'm going to send it over here, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, right. Right. And so it's important to, you know, keep the horse in shade as much as possible and and to in keep cool, cooling them? Yes. Try to get them out of the sun, keep them in the shade, keep cooling them um, during the during their rest period, absolutely. Um, and then when you're competing them, when you're out on trail, try to keep them cool. Um, the, there is the only downside sometimes to shade and humidity is it's, it's difficult for the for the water to evaporate off the horse. Right. So on, on the West Coast, it, everything evaporates really quickly. And it, it doesn't mean those horses are any less dehydrated because they really aren't. And you can see the salt just accumulate on their bodies. Uh-huh. On the East Coast, the horses never, never dry. They never dry. They stay wet the entire time because that water can't evaporate and that holds the heat in. So it's really important once that heats up, to keep exchanging it and pulling it off and trying to and take that hot water off. Right, right. And, and I found some neat little, um, like, squeegees at the dollar store. That they're yeah. just, like, the perfect size. They're, like, 10 inches wide, and they're, they're perfect for, you know, scraping the water off of the horse. And, and you can clip them right onto your bucket, which makes it handy. They're, so they're, that, you yeah, yeah. Pull up squeegees and being aggressive with the volume of water if you have it available that you're putting on. You know, like I, I'll see people take a sponge and it's kind of like kind of like dabbing the horse. It's like no, you need to get in there. I use scoops. I use like laundry detergent scoops or cat litter uh-huh. scoops and I buckets and I pour the water on so I can right. get on their fat. So for me, it's like NASCAR. I come in. I mean, and that's just. Because I think my attitude is that practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So even if I have a young horse and I'm in no particular hurry, I'm still going to get in there and do it the same way I always, whether I'm trying to win or just trying to finish. I, I try to keep my, you know, my pit crewing the same. Get in, get my tack off, get, you know, get the horse cooled off, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, we kind of, we, it's easy to fall into some kind of complacency and, um, 
rather than stay at a certain level. Right, right. Well, this has been really useful information. Um, We appreciate having you here, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. Hi, Kira. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, Glenn. So, Kira, I heard that you've been out showing and doing your thing, but last weekend you were at Seneca Horse Trials, which is in Maryland, and who'd you ride there? I was riding Micah. We did beginner novice. And remind everybody who Micah is. Micah is my 14-2 Connemara Thoroughbred Bay, (laughs) and he's really cute. He has a really cute face. And and he Micah's an adventure also, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, cool. Yes, and what level were you at over the weekend? We were at beginner novice. Okay, cool. So how'd it go? How did dressage go with him? It was actually really good. We got a 34, which is our second best score. Yay! Yay. Good job. Well done. And we went clear and show jumping might be one of the few times we've done that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. And we went almost clear across country, but we had to stop at three, which I can't really blame him. It was quite a spooky jump. (laughs) So you, um, do you talk to Micah like you do Flower? I mean, that's how we met you in the first place was that uh, video of you talking to Flower the whole way around the course. Do you do the same thing with Micah? Yeah, but it's usually more like, steady, slow down, slow down now. I meant right now, not next week. Now. A little different than Flower, huh? (laughs) Flower just goes. (laughs) Mike, on the other hand, goes a bit too much and then decides at the jump he doesn't feel like going. So we got to make him go. Mm-hmm. Three strides before, yeah. Let's slow him down the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's a good challenge for you. Yeah, <laughs> she no, doesn't agree with that at all. Is, that sounds like a, not a very fun ride. Yeah. We're like whoa, 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 go, 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 whoa, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> We've all been on horses <laughs> like that. And yes, they do make you a better rider, as frustrating as it can be, Kira. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad that went well. Now, I heard also that you've qualified for uh, Pony Club Championships, and I think they're try on this year, right? Yes, I'm qualified for championships on both Flower and Dressage and Micah in eventing. You qualified with both horses. Yeah, you don't show both of them, but you usually want to qualify with, like, different horses in different disciplines. Gotcha. That way, if something happens, it's not like you can't go. Now, will this be your first championships? This would be my second championships. Last year, I did eventing on Flower. Okay, so, Jamie, she's... You're 12 now, Kira? Yeah. She's 12 and she's going to Pony Club Championships. What's she going to be like? They're going to all hate her by the time she's 18 going to Pony Club Championships. No, here's what happens. <laughs> they're right. not going to hate her. What they do is they get the entry list and they start to look through like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, she's here. She's here again. <laughs> I'm not going to win. <laughs> well, that's great. Congratulations for that. That is cool. And try uh, Tryon's a cool place to do it, too. I mean, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, last year was in Kentucky, 
and it was like the festival. Mm-hmm. But this year it's in Tryon, and it's so pretty there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty there, and it's hilly too. It's very hilly there, so it's going to be a blast for you. I'm so excited for you. Now, there's one other thing we have to talk about. I heard a rumor that Flower is retiring from eventing, and you're having a little retirement party. Well, according to my trainer, I'm supposed to grow. (laughs) So, Flower is going to have to be retired from eventing. But, but not going to lie, I don't think I'm going to grow more than maybe two inches. So, fingers crossed, this is a false alarm. <laughs> so I would he consult with doctors more yeah, than trainers yes. on your heights in yeah. the future. <laughs> are you starting to reach the ground? Is that the problem with flower? Your your heels are starting to rub the ground as you're riding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of short, not really. <laughs> Well, I think you can still, I mean, you're still going to ride Flower, though, right? Of course. We'd be taking her to games, and she might get a surrogate so we could have Flower Babies. Uh huh. <laughs> flower Babies. I got it. And games would be. I already per- have two names planned. Oh, oh, oh can you tell ready. us? Can you tell us? Mm-hmm. What, what Tesla, are they? the show name 0 to 60, or Ferrari, <laughs> faster than a Ferrari. <laughs> I, I like, like that. <laughs> I like that. Well, and flower, you know, will be perfect for games because you want ponies that are short to the ground for games. That'd be perfect. Oh, she loves games. It's like one of her favorite things to do. Probably one of yours too, I imagine. So, so I heard <laughs> yeah. you. I heard you're going to have a retirement party for flower. What are you doing? Are you having a big carrot cake? What are you going to do? Um, yeah, we were planning on getting, we were, I was thinking about making her a horse cake. Ah, okay. I just need to find a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody in your family can help you with that. Well, Kira, we're so excited for you. You get to go to, and next time we talk to you, you'll have been to nationals, so we can talk about that, Pony Club Championships. Um, and yeah. we'll get all caught up on how, how you did down there. Hopefully, quite well. <laughs> I think. Uh, we're going to think positive. You'll do quite well. We're going to be rooting for you. Thank you, Kira. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. Bye, girl. <laughs> she's, she's 12, and she's going to championships. That's like nationals. So that's, that's crazy. Do you have, don't you have to be under 18 to go to it? Yeah, I, it's, I think the cut, I think the cutoff's 21 actually in Pony Club. Oh, wow. So she's got a long time to go yet. She'll be going to many more championships in the future. Good for her. Good job, Kira. And, uh, Charlotte's going to join us here in the next couple of days because she was just down at Tryon actually, uh, doing dressage and trying to qualify for, I think it was World Cup or something. I have, we'll have to ask her, but uh, she did pretty well, too, from what I read. I haven't talked to her, but I read on Facebook. So we'll have to uh, catch up with her in the next couple of days. And then our other rider is based in Las Vegas and kind of it's time off time because it's too darn hot to do anything. So um, we'll, we'll catch up with her, too, later in the year. So there you go. That's our Spotlight Riders. Do you want to do some weird news? There, there isn't anything weird going on in the world, Glenn. I have nothing to talk about. All right. Well, then we'll just wrap up the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention that tomorrow we're going to have the sales and breeding episode, and I'm happy to inform you that Emily is now seems to be joining Kayla uh, full-time Yay! here for that show, and it's so much better when I'm not on it. So um, yeah. <laughs> we recorded it last night, and it was so fun to have those two together. <clears throat> Excuse me, Emily, of course, used to do the jumping show here on Horses in the Morning. So that'll be tomorrow, and then really bad ads on Friday. So get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. We have $400 in prizes we're going to be giving away in the next couple of weeks. So definitely get your ads in today. Remember, if you submit them by audio, if you record them yourself and email them over, you get double the entries. Let's do some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Some days, or all days, you're embarrassed. (laughs) Now, these are weird news stories that were submitted by our listeners, and I would like to thank 
This time, Laureen, Tanya, Andrew, and Clark sent me some stories, and uh, I do appreciate it. Let's see. You know, we we have to go. Uh, remember, if you are if you see a weird news story and you're reading a, a news story and you're like, well, that's really weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com, and put weird news in the subject line, and then I will uh, possibly read it if it's not too gross or people die. Like, we don't do those. Yeah. <laughs> We try there to avoid might, those. There might be a few gross ones that I had to edit through <laughs> this time <laughs> and last time, too. Uh, all right. So do you know about the hunt that's happening in Florida, Glenn? The hunt? August well, we're 5th. always hunting for wild pigs. Okay. This is not a wild and pig And then hunt. the other thing they hunt for on a regular basis is the great big snakes in the Everglades. You got it. It's a hunt for a prize-winning hunt for the invasive Burmese pythons. Uh, and they the event draws hundreds of people from around the country. And uh, last year's Python Challenge involved more than 600 people from 25 states. The prize includes for, uh, 2500 for the most caught and 1500 bucks for the longest snake they find. What if you just had a really long Burmese python? You're like, hey. Can you imagine that you're in a boat and you're going through the Everglades under these trees and you look up and there's a 25-foot python above your head? Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> just... No. I can't imagine that because that will never happen because I will never be there. <laughs> uh, you know how I like snakes. There ain't no way in hell I'm doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Next one. All right. It's not working. Well, this time we are going to talk Uber. Uber filed a report and they had a list of items that passengers left behind in the cars. Well, that must and be they had like the most common, won't surprise anybody. Uh, can I guess? Phone. Yeah, go ahead. Keys, phone, okay. Yep. Uh, wallets. Yeah. Uh, that would be my three guesses for the top. Wallets, phone, keys, yep. cameras, vapes. Those are the top five. Okay. However, the people then, uh, the drivers then filed all the things that they had found in their cars. And there's a list of 50 most unique lost items. Some of them oh, are no. unmentionable. But <laughs> other ones, I can tell you, I'll just go through the list here. The ones I wrote down that I thought were interesting. Two people have uh, reportedly found urns in their car. They forgot one, mom at the, in the car. One forgot their pet and another forgot a family member. <laughs> Grandma stuck in the Uber. <laughs> a metal leg. How the hell do you get out of the car without your leg attached? I don't know. <laughs> That's a new one. Metal leg. Somebody left behind, I don't know why they counted, 40 chicken nuggets. That's a lot of chicken nuggets. <laughs> They got a 50-pack and got tired after 10. <laughs> Somebody left a container of tater tots. <laughs> Somebody apparently had spent a lot of money on getting their nails done, and one was left in the car. Uh. <laughs> it was your long, fake one, but still gross. Uh, 500 grams of caviar. Oh, that's like 10 grand right there. <laughs> that's like... Grandma's teeth. Oh, man. He found mm. some teeth. Was it beside Why the was urn? it in the car? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, somebody left a, p- a pie, just a pie sitting on the back seat, a ukulele, a bucket of slime, 10 oh, pounds slime. of hamburger meat, and finally, Ooh. their tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> Got home. And where'd the turtle go? Where's the turtle? It's in my purse. <laughs> Why would you have a turtle in your purse? <laughs> This story, guess what it is, Glenn? It's uh, weird. Uh, Florida, <laughs> it's weird. Not Florida? No, we're going to go to Ipeculo, Turkey. We're going to go to Turkey. Oh. Burhan Demir took his younger brother to the hospital. His brother was complaining, oh, his stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. And they performed an endoscopy and an ultrasound and x-rays. Do you know why his stomach hurt? No. Because apparently, I guess there's this must be some sort of weird fetish thing, I guess. They found over 233 items in the 35-year-old stomach. Would you like to know what some of the items included? Okay. Coins. Batteries. 
magnets. Batteries wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> Stones, screws. Oh, that's nails, gotta be some kind and of a obsessive piece of glass. thing or something. But then you're like, my stomach hurts. Well, quit eating nails, you ding dong. <laughs> and batteries with battery acid in them. Batteries. And then magnets. You think the magnets would have just sucked it all together. There's a photo. I should post this link. Uh, it's on metro.co.uk. It's a it's a picture of all the things that they have removed from this guy's stomach sitting on like one of those blue towels. And I see one, two, three. You know those little like... L-shaped little things you use for your bicycle. You screw one of those things, like a key thing. So basically Wings. his buffet was in the garage. Nails, screws, <laughs> a big piece of glass. How do you get it down? I can rocks. barely get a pill down. I know. How do you get <laughs> Bolts, nuts and bolts. Oh, God. Like that's, you should be put in a mental, mental institution. Oh, yeah. That, he because said, they'll quote, be back with the same problem again in Two, two years. Yeah. yeah, it's not a situation we see in adults, is the doctor, and it's mostly in childhood and unconsciously swallowed foreign bodies. It can be seen in psychiatric patients, prisoners, or abuse cases. He was referred to the hospital, and after the checks, they removed all the things from his stomach and sent him on his way. <laughs> what? Okay, I'm, I'm moving on from that one. <laughs> This is actually, I'm going to give you a Florida man story that's actually pretty cool. Wow, okay? wait, wait, a cool I mean, one, so, not a bad one? Yeah, well, it, it's 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 like a really cool story in the end, but at the beginning, mm. it's a definitely a Florida man. <laughs> okay, Florida man, the man whose name has not been released, uh, apparently is a, where's Port St. Lucie? Port St. Lucie's down there, Jemmy, actually, on the East Coast, down there, okay. Fort Lauderdale, down that way. Well, he's a dog breeder who had been boasting online about having so much cash. I mean, he must have gone online. I'm at a lot of cash. Well, guess what happened? Three men posed as dog buyers, showed up at the man's house to rob, assault, and then ultimately kidnap him. I don't think they intended on kidnapping him. But, hi, I've had a ton of money. Here's my address. Come buy something for me. And then the, these three dudes come and break into his house, ransack the residence, looking for cash. And then they can't find any cash. And they demand information about these puppies. And the guy's like, I don't have the puppies here. They're my aunt's house in Fort Lauderdale. And so the three men are like, get in the car. And let's go. So he is at gunpoint driving this car, supposedly to his aunt's house in Fort Lauderdale. And while he was driving, he hatched an escape plan. He started speeding and he went to an overpass. He knew there was usually a cop that is on this under this overpass. And so he got pulled, pulled over, right? So the deputy goes up, walks up. He's like, uh, step out of your car. He steps out of the car. The guy's like, you were going 15 over. You know what? I'm going to let you go with a warning. Oh, no. <laughs> you can go ahead and get in your car. Go back. Oh, and, and he's like, uh, he said, quote, he found it odd that the driver appeared reluctant to get back into the car after <laughs> the officer let him off with a warning. He had to be told twice that he was free to go. This is like backfire of all backfires. <laughs> So apparently he's walking away back to the car and he puts his hands behind his back and holds up a gun, like a finger, like mm -hmm. a gun. Uh, and he's, the officer said it made the hair on my neck stand up. At that point, White told him, step away from the car. He radios her back up. The guys in the back of the car are like, what's going on? And he comes over and he's like, the guys in the car are holding me hostage. There's guns in the car. I need help. So they call for backup, swarm the car, and arrest all the guys who are kidnapping this guy. But can you imagine? Like, <laughs> That'd be my luck. <laughs> are you sure? I'm free to go. Like, hey, I'm making your day, buddy. Go ahead and go. I don't want to. Get in the car and leave. You're free to go. Just a warning. Are you sure? <laughs> like, please. Why would that, that never happens to me when I do want to, to get a warning? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, exactly. Really quick thinking by a Florida man who's completely an idiot for b bragging online. I'm so rich and I have all this cash in my house. Come get it. Anyway, thought that was a weird story. Well, I, I, that was your last one, right? That is because I, ha I have one here. Oh, boy. This is going to be a, one of these. <laughs> man, 
You are one pathetic loser. Uh, also, Florida, <clears throat> in Wal- <laughs> the Walton County Sheriff's Office, said deputies were called to a home uh, in a gated community because there was a big party going on. Well, apparently hundreds of kids broke into an $8 million mansion and threw a party. Okay. Uh, not their house. Don't even know the people that lived in the house. They knew it was empty, and they broke in. They had set up a boxing ring and had a boxing matches. Uh, they uh, destroyed a lot of the place. They were drinking heavily, and uh, basically it was called what's an open house party. Uh, and the the <laughs> sheriff said, an open house party, you actually have at your own house. You don't have it at a house that's not yours. This is called breaking and entering. So they're looking for all of them and going to arrest them all for breaking and entering. And they're Good luck. Of, well, see, the thing is, when kids have parties, they tend to video everything and post it on social media. True. So they have videos of everybody that was there. And they're just identifying them one at a time now. And uh, they're all going to be arrested for breaking and entering and destroying property. Oh, wow. Can you oh, imagine wow. you come home from your cruise, your your cruise that you were staying in the suite? Because you have an $8 million house and yeah. you walk in your $8 million house and it's totally destroyed? No. Just, no. Oh, my God. What a mess. <laughs> and you hear about this happening. That's not just a Florida thing, but you do hear about it happening occasionally. It's like, oh, my God. It was probably the house cleaner or somebody that let them know that they weren't there. You know, it was something like that. Babysitter, house cleaner or something. All right. We're going to have a bit of a post show for you here today for the auditors. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, where can they find you, Jamie? Well, you can see all my training, Fly Over Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. Yes, that's a mouthful. Just search Fly Over Farm, Jamie Jennings. It'll come up. All right. And, of course, you can find Horses in the Morning, horsesinthemorning.com. If you want to become an auditor, you can go to horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner on the upper right-hand corner of the page. Speaking of, what's up with all – I get notifications when people request to be auditors, and clearly they're not – actual listeners because they're not answering the questions and yeah, I just stuff, delete but... them. They're, we get a lot of those. And and I, a lot of times I, they're from overseas and, you know, they're just I, I don't even know how they find the room to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, so they get deleted. Yeah, you have to actually be an auditor and actually a- have to be contributing so to uh, to get let in. All right, thanks everybody. Hang hey, on, Peter auditor. Gallant, everybody. Peter Gallant, everybody.